0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the South Bay Show, Manhattan Beach Chamber 360 on October 9th, 2020. Live, love, laugh, and leave a legacy. That is what we do here in the South Bay of Los Angeles. And it's a beautiful place to do just that. Joe Terry, and you can read all about our many adventures on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash The South Bay Show. Persistence, passion, principle, and purpose. This is what we talk about here on The South Bay Show. Joining us as co-host, the president and CEO of the Manhattan Beach Chamber, Kelly Stroman, and of course with us because of our great partnership with southbaybyjackie.com and the executive producer of the South Bay Show, Jackie Balestra. Hey, Jackie, Kelly, how are you? Good morning, Joe. I'm um, well. Good
2: morning, Kelly. Good morning, Jackie and Joe.
3: Happy Friday. Yeah.
2: Happy fall. We,
3: got, yeah. we, no, we happy, have a little drizzle Friday. this morning. It's,
2: happy it's, Friday. Friday. Did, you, did, did you have
3: drizzle? <laughs> did I have drizzle? <laughs> <laughs> um, <Yeah>. Yes, <laughs> that sounds funny um it's a little- it's a little drizzly here in Manhattan beach just just a teeny like um, I don't know if it's heavy fog or what it is. you know, they said parts of the Southland might get a little rain, little sprinkles this weekend, but it is a little you know it's a little dewy this morning, so
2: it feels oh. like uh, well, I yes. hope that dewiness does go away. I have plans this weekend. I have actual plans this weekend. What? Is shocking. How can you have plans? I have plans. We have a friend that is sailing into King Harbor for four days, and we are going sailing this weekend.
3: Mm, wow. A little more so water
2: won't it, hurt you. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that, that's that's true. I, I was hoping for clear blue skies and a good, a good stiff breeze, uh, but we'll take what comes. Um, yes.
3: That sounds yes. like fun. Are you are you going for the, like a way like overnight sailing for a few days, or is it just day trips?
2: I think it's just day trips at this point. I'm not exactly sure because you know my husband never gives me details. You know he just says, "Hey, so and so is coming to town. Let's go sailing." I'm like, "Okay," uh, but they're coming in this afternoon, um, and and they're going to be here till Monday, and because they're doing they're doing a long range sail. They came up from Balboa. They're they're stop- I, I think they. Is there place, I don't know if there's some place to stop between here and Balboa, but they're coming into King Harbor, and then they're going up to Point Dune, uh, Ventura. Mm-hmm. They're picking mm-hmm. up two other people, and then they're going out to the Channel Islands. So they're, they're doing a long mm-hmm. sail. They're just we're just we're just a stop on the way. So, but they will definitely be sailing involved.
3: Well, that yeah. sounds like fun. Yeah, it sounds like fun. Do you ever get motion sickness on a boat, Jackie?
2: You know, something I do, I am prone to it, but I have to tell you something. Years ago, because the Dramamine puts me to sleep. You know, I I take Dramamine before I get on a boat. The minute that boat starts moving, I'm out like a light. Years ago, I discovered the the wristband, the pressure wristbands, and they work for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. They work for me. Yeah,
3: I've i used no. those also. They do work pretty good. And then uh, somebody told me if you really start feeling, you know, dizzy, kind of that feeling, I know that feeling all too well also, uh, to put ice or I, obviously if you have a cold beer or a cold can of soda, um, put it behind your ear, like it, up against like your neck meets your ear kind of, um, mm-hmm. and it helps uh, equalize. You know, I don't know. Um, usually by that time I'm too far gone, so Oh uh well, that sounds yeah that sounds you put, beautiful. you put the
2: pre- you, you you i put the pressure bands on before you get on, yeah and it and it doesn't make you sleepy like the drummine, and you don't get I see- i don't get seasick, so I find it very yeah. helpful yeah 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 yep yeah mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I have plans i have actual plans, yeah you no. have actual
3: plans, well, if you're sailing tomorrow morning um you're going to have to come by Manhattan beach and wave at all the people running on the beach. Uh, the, the the Actually it's virtual. So I'm not sure where they're going to be running, but the, the roundhouse aquarium um, teaching center has their virtual fun run for the oceans tomorrow from 9:30 to 11 AM. So I suspect there'll be some people running on the sand um, as there is every weekend, but it's a nice little fundraiser. Um, for our beautiful, charming little roundhouse in Manhattan
2: Beach. You, I, you know something, I have that in my weekend guide. And you want to know something interesting? The hometown fair, the the hometown fair ten k run. You know, again, that was virtual this year. I saw so many posts online that people mm-hmm. got their t shirts and they did their run and they posted it. hmm. For the for, mm-hmm. the for the for the Manhattan Beach ten k. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. That's cool.
3: People are really people- trying to maintain it's a thing, yeah mm-hmm.
2: yeah it's a thing it's a thing because people have been doing it for years and they they collect the t-shirts every year you know it's like oh, a totally. thing you know they they do it yes. every single year and and right. no stinking pa- pandemic is going to stop them no
3: <laughs> that is that is correct did you come down to Manhattan Beach last weekend and indulge in a pepper belly or a funnel cake?
2: I did not. I did not. I was so busy last weekend, and I, and I'm very upset about that. And I told you, I tried making pepper bellies at home, and it just doesn't work. It's not the same. So I missed out. I know.
3: I know. I've done pepper bellies at home too, and it's good, but it 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 is not it's just the same. Um, oh well, well we march on. You know, next if you uh, are craving, you know, a little more fair experience next weekend, um, which would be what, the 17th and 18th is the American Martyrs Parish Fair
0: virtual yes. version.
3: How many? How much mm-hmm. longer are we going to have to say that? A long time, I think. Virtual. I mean, it, does it? you know what? I have a question. Does it just become a given right now that everything is virtual? Or when I say, next weekend is the American Martyrs Parish Fair. Come, you know, enjoy. Do people think, oh, my gosh, it's going to be in person? What do you think? Yeah, you gotta you gotta <laughs> put
2: the virtual in there. You have to put the virtual in there. You have to. Because yeah. otherwise yeah. people get really excited and show up. You know? And and, and yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know, Kelly. I know.
3: Well, I um on, on that note, um kind of you know, kind of sad news. And I think everybody was really holding out hope. Um, to be able to do this, and we're, we were going to wait till 30 days out um, to make a final decision. Uh, and just I, you know, kind of like doing a rain dance, you know, we were kind of doing the event dance. <laughs> um, yeah. you know, or, or in this case, the firework dance. We were just hoping there was some way, well, you know, to be able to do the holiday fireworks, which is always the second Sunday of December. And uh, we finally, at city council this Tuesday, you know, there was a discussion. We've been, we've been discussing it behind the scenes for a couple months now, uh, at least. Um, but there's just no way. I mean, that, the holiday fireworks in Manhattan Beach brings 50,000 people in the greater downtown mm. area. Between everybody in downtown, yeah. all the parties, all the house parties, all the business parties, everybody on the strand, the beach, you know, it, we just can't do that. And we can't even have house parties technically these days, right? So um, mm-hmm. we we finally, you know, uh, um, the city council on Tuesday finally with a, a real heavy sigh just said, all right, we just have to call it the way it is, and we're not going to be able to do it this year. And, you know, Pete Moffat, our dear friend Pete Moffat, you know, obviously he's already planning for next year. You know, he's such an optimist. He's so wonderful. But, uh You know, it's just sad, and there's no way around it. We're all just going to have to pull
2: out memories. There's not. Yeah, yeah. There's not. There's as I said, this is the lost year. You know, uh, just 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 stop thinking about it. You know, put your head down, barrel forward. You can't. You know, if you have any kind of fireworks, people will come. There's no way to do it. You know, I I know what that. I know. And this has been going on with every single event for the last seven months. You know, Mm -hmm. people were, people pushed things back a couple of months, and then they pushed them back, and then they made a version. Unfortunately, it's just, it's just, none of this stuff is going to happen. You can't do it. You know, they haven't announced it yet, not that I've heard, but, you know, the King Harbor boat parade, the holiday boat parade, you know, if you have a boat parade, people are going to come, you know, so you just, you can't, you know, so I know. It, I know. It, we, we we talked about it yesterday a little bit. I said to Joe, this holiday season is going to be very intimate. You know, there's not going to be yeah. all the big holiday events or parties. It'll be it'll be small groups of family and friends. You know, celebrating at, you know at home, and it is what it is. And we we just we just have to barrel through.
3: We do. Mm-hmm. Um, I've decided that I'm just swiping left on 2020.
1: Yes.
2: <laughs> do you guys mm. do you guys know what swiping left means? Yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, but, uh, but, uh,
2: but, tinder, Tinder, Tinder.
3: tinder. I, yeah. Was, yeah, a few of the uh online dating sites, Bumble, whatever. They, you know, um you swipe if you don't like what you see. <laughs> you swipe left. You swipe left. It, and that profile <laughs> goes away. So, I i decided <laughs> right. I'm swiping left on 2020.
2: Yes, we right. should all swipe left on 2020. Did you, you know that's so funny. Speaking of just 2020 as a whole, I came across something last week on social media where someplace in Egypt they found this trove of sarcophagi. Is that the plural for sarcophagus? Mm. That's um, very and good. Jackie. Yeah, yeah <laughs> and they and they they took a bunch of them out and they decided to open one. Yeah. All right. And it was like really. You're really going to open a, a, a sarcophagus in 2020? Do you want to go there?
0: <laughs> right? I, I mean, all
2: the all the things that could go wrong. Right. And it was so funny. The memes were hysterical, and I was like, "Yeah, not something you'd want to do. Why don't you wait until next year to open that thing?" So, anyway, yeah, yeah. last year. Well,
3: Lost year. I know what a, what a crazy year. But you know, we always look for the rainbows and the bright lights. And uh, did you? I, I our newsletter got out a little bit late yesterday. I don't know if you had a chance to, to see it, but it I is uh, two thirds of it is devoted to our YEA, which is our Young Entrepreneurs Academy. Program, which is gearing up. We're taking applications. Um, Interviews start on October 21st, and the first um, afternoon of virtual class starts on October 28th. But it's an amazing program that produces. Uh, entrepreneurs in the South Bay. These kids, students grades 6 through 12 are able to apply, and you don't have to have an idea. Some come with an idea, but I am so excited. I love the program. It is amazing to watch these students develop. Um, But I mentioned, I believe last week, um, I'm gonna mention it again today and and next week. Um the National Saunders Awards, you know, scholarship um big competition is next Saturday and uh the seventeenth and our um, representative from Manhattan Beach, Taylor Ryan, uh, the CEO and the creator of Unstoppable, a woman's protective gear. Um, she plays lacrosse and she's in cre- uh, created this amazing device. Um, she's competing next Saturday. But the whole newsletter yesterday was kind of devoted to entrepreneurs because we talk about it all the time: how how much talent, amazing talent, and amazing ideas, and and just insane businesses come out of the South Bay. We're always kind of blown away by the stories that we hear. So Uh
1: um,
3: I'm really excited about uh, Taylor competing next week to see where she goes. I think she has a really good chance of placing, and if she doesn't, her product I think is going to really take off and go somewhere. Um, But uh, on that note, our guest today is another entrepreneur that found a niche in uh, this area, and just so impressive, and her business has just taken off like wildfire, even in a pandemic, so um, right, I'm always right. um, amazed by, you know, the creativity, the moxie, the ideas, and uh, the fortitude that
2: so many people around here have. Mm-hmm, hmm And I'm excited about this show. I'm really excited get- about this show. So, Joe, shall we get Joe to am it? am I? I'm rich. <laughs> yes. who's our guest today? Okay, our guest this morning is Stephanie Cochran, proprietor of the Wasteless Shop. Now, Stephanie opened the Wasteless Shop in Manhattan Beach in November 2019 in an effort to help her community reduce waste from their households outward. She realized that accessibility and advocacy is a crucial step in creating a greener future and opening the shop to help empower others to take action in their daily lives. Customers can shop online or visit the store to purchase plastic-free household goods and even bring their own containers to refill products like laundry detergent and shampoo in bulk. Stephanie dreams of a world where both people and planet are healthy and thriving and is working every day to make that a reality. Now, the Wasteless Shop quickly became a local favorite, and the response has been incredible. This morning, we'll learn how Stephanie found a niche in the environmental retail sector, sector and what products she offers. Welcome to the program, Stephanie. We're so glad you could join us this morning.
0: Hey, thanks for having me. I'm really excited.
1: Thank you. Thank you for joining us. It's it's speaking of intimacy, one of the things we love about this format is that people get to hear directly from you as if they have met you. And I think that uh, that's really important when we're talking about Something like this, your business, you know, in the midst of a pandemic, there's something fundamentally sort of compelling about your business because the wasteless shop causes us not to go out as much. I mean, it it, it causes us to be inward looking like things like woolen dryer balls. This is a new discovery for me. My wife started using them a, a, a few months ago, and I'm I, i I'm amazed. I always hated the idea of there being some kind of chemicals in my clothing at the very last stage of cleaning them. Tell us about your journey from the beginning. I mean, how did you even get involved in uh, sustainable household support?
0: Yeah, it was kind of the same thing that you would noticed once I started getting really serious. I was realizing that all of the products that I was using had either, you know, really um, awful packaging or these chemicals that I didn't want in my system, and I was going out shopping and trying to find places where I could get something that felt cleaner and also was packaged in a more sustainable way, and I just wasn't finding that anywhere. Um, And I think that all started – Earlier in my life, I grew up in northern Nevada, way, way, way in the middle of nowhere on a farm, and we didn't have access to a lot of, um, you know, big malls for us to go grocery shopping or school clothes shopping or to dentist appointments. We would drive a few hours, so everything was, like, a lot slower. We were playing outside all the time. We were really connected with nature. We were making a lot of our own things at the house. we raised animals, we raised vegetables. And as a kid, I didn't know that that was going to play into my future. Um, I went to college, I became a dental hygienist, I kind of took the easy route because my parents were parents as all of them are and said, find a safe career, do something that you can do in a recession, which, you know, it's kind of funny, as you're talking about full circle, I was taking a risk opening this store because I was so passionate about trying to reduce my waste and wanting other people to realize that it's not that difficult and it can save you a lot of money. And, you know, Mm -hmm. I opened this, this store in November and, you know, we can get into the journey of actually starting that because it was pretty crazy. It felt like a lifelong culmination in really subtle ways, but also happened really quickly. And then the pandemic hit and I was terrified and it was really, really tough and stressful but the community was so supportive and I realized that I was still providing a service, you know, not dental hygiene, but a service that is really essential. And I was giving people products that they can feel safe to have in their homes and also not have to go to target and stand in line with a mask. And, um, right. Yeah. It was just kind of funny. This like full circle, um, moment with, um, the store and the wasteland shop. I'm, I'm I'm impressed
1: by that singular fact that your shop and many of the things that people might buy to help them buy less and not engage with the general marketplace outside is a helpful thing in a pandemic. So it's funny. November was a perfect time to start, but there's also something uh, technical about your business that I've, I'm loving that I want to highlight. Your website, thewastelessshop.com, is really beautiful and functional and uh, professional, and it's it's sponsored or powered by Shopify. Talk about that decision. Who made that decision?
0: So as I was starting, you know, I have no business degree. I'm not a web designer. I just knew that there were these products that I was coming across that I was really, really loving in my life and starting to tell my friends about. And they were trying them out and thinking that they were great too. And I wanted to see if I could get that to more people, especially within my community. As I was meeting more and more people in Manhattan beach, um, they were like, wow, that sounds great. I wish we could get products like that here. So um, I had had like a couple blogs. I love travel. So I've been to, about 30 different countries. Actually, funny side note, I'm sitting in my renovated travel trailer in Cody, Wyoming right now, because my Mm. fiance and I were supposed to get married in September. And as we all know, 2020.
1: So we Mm. decided
0: to kind of, instead of doing a wedding honeymoon, um, move into a travel trailer. And we've been to six states so far. I come back and check on the store um, but we've been in. We were fishing in the Yellowstone River in Yellowstone National Park yesterday. Um, so, anyways, I had had this um, web website for my traveling and was like, okay, I've built a website before. I've used these platforms. Um, so I looked up, you know, an online store platform that was easy to use, user friendly, and Shopify came up. And mm-hmm. I so I built the whole website myself, which is why I giggled a little when <laughs> you. That it looks beautiful. I'm always tinkering <laughs> with it and trying to make it better. And I really am proud of the growth. And anybody who does know the store has seen when I first opened it, we got the space. We opened in three weeks. And it's just everything's evolving. The store at first looked like a garage sale that I just threw together because I used, you know, I didn't have a huge budget. So I was using a lot of reclaimed things, which is sustainable. And as we've grown, we've worked on the style a little bit, worked on the aesthetic. <clears throat> Um, yeah, and Shopify has been amazing. It integrates everything um, from the store sales. I can build my entire web page on it. They're really, really great with support. There's so many fun apps that I can integrate, so I love um, mm-hmm. playing with Shopify, and it's really cool what what it's helped me do with a store.
1: it's It's one of the, the key elements of um, you know supporting a small entrepreneur. Is to have a great website, and it's always been a a point, a, a, a point of contention. And I'm I'm just I'm just saying, uh, Kelly, uh, you know, uh, the Wasteless Shop. They are, they're doing so many great things. Uh, other entrepreneurs in the South Bay, other members of the chamber, could really learn from what the Wasteless Shop is doing. Um, I'm excited about that, but. Let's talk about waste. Let's talk about...
2: I want to the- talk, talk about waste. I want to talk about waste. <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's talk about
1: let's talk waste. About- the, the, the Wasteless Shop. I mean, how, how did you come up with the name, first of all, and give us some statistics on how bad it is? I mean, I, I don't want to uh, presage it, but uh, if we talk about food, the thing that drives me, uh, uh, drove me, As a as an urban entrepreneur and as an urban farmer, is that we waste some say as much as forty four zero percent of the food that is produced, which is criminal.
0: Yeah, it's it's really really sad, and a lot of the food that we grow isn't even food that we're consuming ourselves directly. We're using that food to feed other animals, so the amount of resources that going go into making our food and then if you just look at that number itself it's pretty astronomical if you think about the water it takes the energy it takes the amount of land that's used and then after you think okay that's a lot of resources but we're wasting most of it like you said food waste is really really high and i think it's just because society the way that we function is so fast moving and so convenient and so clean that you don't really think about it as a consumer and that was um, how I've lived my life a lot uh, through college you know going to Starbucks picking up a single-use coffee cup not really thinking about what was used to make that cup what's going to happen after where that coffee came from how many flights things went on and when you really start to hone in on all of those things, it's pretty terrifying and definitely can be depressing. So I have to pull myself mm-hmm. out of that. And sometimes people come into the store and we get into these really big conversations and it's important to have them. Um, but at the end of the conversation, usually you're like, oh, well, I feel pretty sad. <laughs> so <laughs> I think,
2: yeah, you know, you know. <clears throat> Stephanie, you know, the word you're looking for is disposable. Everything is disposable today. Now, um, I, I, you know, Joe and I are a little bit older than you, and, you know, things, th- things as simple as when I was growing up, I mean, we had the same washing machine, you know, for 40 years or something growing yeah. up in my house. You know, <laughs> now... We end up getting new washers and dryers like every six or seven years because they break down because everything's made of plastic, which makes me crazy. But yeah. going back to what you were saying about packaging, right? I read a statistic several months ago. It was ridiculous. I can't remember the exact number, but something like fifteen percent of our day. I know this sounds insane. Fifteen percent of our day is spent on opening things. Mm-hmm. You know, and you'd say, "Oh, that's ridiculous." But no, no, no. Think about it. Think about uh, preparing three meals a day. You know, you're opening packaging. Your, you know, w- there is so much packaging, and what, what when you stop and you think about it, again, when I was growing up, we had a waste basket under the kitchen sink. All right, it was a small waste basket. I don't recall it ever really overflowing. But when I compare that to the three giant waste waste receptacles I have for recycling regular trash and landscaping. And every week, well, actually the regular trash can rarely gets used because we have so much recycling, but my recycling bin every week is overflowing with packaging and things I've opened up. And, and and it wasn't like that 30, 40 years ago. There wasn't all this packaging. You know, I remember my mother going to the supermarket, she bought everything fresh. Everything wasn't wrapped in plastic. You know, things are wrapped in paper. And, and and if you just think back, uh, Kelly, I'm sure that, that, that you have the same experience. Joe, you have the same experience I'm sure. Did growing up did you have hmm. those huge trash cans and were they overflowing every week?
3: Oh yeah. We had well you knew it and let's go back a step for even further. Our trash cans weren't these big behemoth plastic things that we have now they were like right. the old metal, metal tin ones right which are now right. kind of right. cool looking when when you see one cuz i you know, when you think about that too just it's so ironic that you know, our recyclables today are put into a massive plastic container you know where do those plastic containers go because you know most of the waste services will give you a new one every year if you ask for it right you know Mm -hmm. and so we have a word of those plastic it's just also backwards but i agree and i you know i always say and you know it's funny stephanie i'm curious to see on your road trip what you're seeing in other states too because whenever i travel even parts of northern california uh, where I grew up, I, I'm from Sacramento, and when I go back to Sacramento, you know, styrofoam is still being used. Um, mm-hmm. And that's being used across most of the country. It's shocking to me what is still in play in, in packaging and, and other things um, around the world, let alone, you know, in our own backyard. Manhattan Beach has been an amazing steward of environmental programs um, in Southern California. Malibu does uh, a very good job, and a lot of times Beverly Hills is kind of there with us too, but, um, man, I i mean, is, Stephanie, are you seeing that on your road trip? I mean, if you pop into, like, a grocery store or something, are you seeing, you know, the, the difference um, in other parts, you know, compared to here in um, the South Bay particularly, but in Southern California?
0: Yeah, we... I think I try and curate my own grocery experience in stores. So we brought a bunch of bags from the wasteless shop. Um, I have seen plastic bags in you know other grocery stores, and we've we've tried to go to a, a local farmers markets. It's fun coming into a new area and seeing if they have a farmers market there. Um, I've I found some really cool. Where were we? We were in Montana, and I found a really cool like natural grocer and just a bunch of local products. There was a guy there playing guitar. So I think, you know, the country overall has a lot of work to do with the kind of packaging and um, bags that we uh, provide to our consumers. But I do think that there is this movement starting, and you can find people anywhere that you go that are interested in living a different way. And like what you were saying with how things used to be, growing up on a farm, I feel like even though I grew up like in the 90s and 2000s, where all of those conveniences were available, because I was a little bit more removed from an urban environment, I grew up in that slower way of living where you reuse things, you fix things, and I think younger generations especially see this kind of world that we were born into with all of the junk and we don't want it. And I think that a lot, a lot more people are waking up to this problem that we've created where it, it started out of convenience, you know. If we can wrap this in this, like, really great plastic, single-use, lightweight product, it's cheaper than shipping glass. It's, we're not cutting down trees. So that's a great thing. Like, I understand the, the initial thought, but I just don't think there was enough foresight to see the problem that they're creating and now obviously you look at the beaches and you look at the oceans and you look inside your own house and it's just everywhere and yeah I think that we're at the beginning of this really awesome and challenging um, transition Hmm.
2: absolutely absolutely when you think about if you think about all the trees that are being saved because everybody's going paperless now well it started really with with email, you know, there's so much less
0: mm-hmm. mail
2: being like physical mail being sent, you know, and and so you know people aren't writing letters anymore. You know, just think about that. All of the envelopes, all all of the reams of paper, you know, that that used to get sent. Now everything's electronic. So you're right. It's interesting and uh, technology, obviously. You know, what it, what do you say, Kelly? Technology, it's a it's a beast and it's a it's a blessing and a beast. A blessing and a beast. Yes. Yes. Blessing so in it's, it's, some ways it's helped us. Other ways, obviously not. Think about, think about that awful, that awful packaging that all of your electronic stuff comes in. You know, when you buy a new mouse mm-hmm. or a new camera or uh, that awful thing that you can't open up. I, I don't understand it.
3: <laughs>
0: yeah, I I refuse. I just can't even more like, I there's a quote that I said once you see it, you can't unsee it. And when you really right. start to look at the waste, like I just, we've had a couple people, I love the products that we've sourced. Um, in the store, we've got a lot of really great small makers. Um, a lot of them are based in California. We've got some relationships with women in Texas and Florida and North Dakota and these small businesses that are making sustainable products. And, um, Every once in a while, like, there were these silicone straws I was trying to get. People were talking about wanting silicone straws. They're flexible. And I ordered some, and every single straw came wrapped in single-use plastic.
2: Uh, and, yeah.
0: oh, my gosh, I wanted to just burn it down. I wrote them a really long letter and put it back in the package and returned it to them. And, you know, it's mm-hmm. just so frustrating when you see that. And it's, There is a better way, and I know that there is, sometimes there's necessary applications but I think we just need to like really reflect and slow down and make choices and it's it shouldn't fall on the consumer as much as it does and that's kind of where with the wasteless shop we're trying to make it easier where you can walk in and buy toothpaste and deodorant laundry detergent and the options are really really great um, products I, I test everything I love and stand by all of the products that we have in the store but we need more of that because that was the first product I actually started the the idea of the store with was laundry detergent. And it was kind of like what you said with the dryer sheets. I walked into Whole Foods and was like, okay, I'm out of laundry detergent. I want a really clean detergent that's, you know, not going to be toxic and full of all this junk. And I'm standing there and I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. some of these options don't look that bad, but they're all in these terrible containers. And that's, yes. I went home and I went on Amazon <laughs> and looked up like, I don't even know what I searched, package-free or plastic-free laundry detergent or something and found this woman named Angie who lives in Florida who makes a dissolvable bar that you drop in water and it dissolves into liquid laundry detergent. You just need water in a container. And it's five times cheaper than Tide, works so well. I'm on my third bar now in three years, so I spend about $25 a year on laundry detergent. What? (laughs) Oh, it's amazing. Like it's one of my favorite things when customers try it and they're like, oh my gosh, it actually works. It's made from soap soap nuts, which are, it's like a berry that grows on trees, kind of like the original laundry detergent of like the early centuries and that are out there. So I'm, I'm excited that more and more people are getting inventive and like finding ways to produce things with zero packaging or sustainable packaging. And I think we're going to see more and more of that. Well, you're doing your part. That's
2: that's for sure. But, Joe, we have to take a station break. We have to take a station break. Okay. Yes. I've got
3: questions.
1: Yes, we all have questions. Ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the Mm -hmm. South Bay Show. We bring this show to you every Thursday morning and every Friday morning. Thursdays is the South Bay Spotlight, where we spotlight something of amazing, Quality and wastelessness, hopefully, in the South Bay. And uh, every Friday morning, it's the same search for the best of the best, but with a special emphasis on the city of Manhattan Beach and, of course, the members of the Manhattan Beach Chamber, of which I'm proud to be one now, Uh, the members of the Manhattan Beach Chamber, uh, because we're proudly sponsored by the Manhattan Beach Chamber on Friday mornings. This is what we do. We try to bring together all the best of the best in the South Bay in a uh sustainable and uh, eco-friendly uh fashion. You can find us on <laughs> you can find us on your your favorite smart speaker whether it's Siri or uh Alexa or Google. Just say "Hey Siri, um uh play the South Bay show" and you'll get the latest show. Jackie, I've got one thing. I, this this idea, Stephanie, of laundry detergent twenty five bucks a year is is unbelievable. But when you couple that with my my latest sort of explosion here in my mind of a hundred percent New Zealand wool dryer balls, dryer balls are my favorite uh, fit new thing. So. Tell us all about 100% New Zealand wool dryer balls. Tell me about that.
0: Yeah, dryer balls are a fun one. It's when we're at an event, like a pop-up, we actually have a booth at the farmer's market in Riviera Village um, every Sunday morning from 9 to 2. And people will walk by and, oh, dryer balls, I have those. Or, oh, that's, you know, it's kind of, it's a really great thing that people are kind of stumbling on. And essentially they – I don't even know who found this out, but somebody discovered that if you lump a bunch of wool together and throw it in your laundry as the clothes are um, bouncing around, it helps to reduce static, it softens your laundry. So it replaces that single-use dryer sheet that's made of plastic that breaks down into microplastics and filled with a bunch of synthetic fragrances and chemicals. So, yeah, maybe it was somebody out on a farm that just didn't have time to drive three hours to the grocery store. I'm not sure. (laughs) Uh, that was, it, I'll tell it, you right it, now a,
2: that, was it, that was a mistake that was a mistake that was an error by accident a, a clump of wool got into somebody's dryer <laughs> and they were like hey look at this that was totally a mistake i know it was
0: right <laughs> is
1: is is it is it physics is it is it static electricity automatically makes your clothing soft or what is it
0: i mean i'm not a scientist but <laughs> there's something going on there um it's one of those things that people are like, how does this work? And I I don't know the specifics, but it does work. We've got so many people who use it and love them. And they they last for years, which is great. A lot of the products that we sell um, either save you money initially, like the laundry detergent, or um, if you break down how long they last and the environmental savings, they're much cheaper than the single-use counterparts. And that's one of the things that's kind of hard to wrap our minds around is if I go to target and i see neutrogena face wash wipes for five dollars and i buy one pack every single month seem like a lot 60 dollars a year or i can buy one reusable pack of cloth face, facial rounds that you just wash and reuse for 28 dollars, and they last three years so it's kind of like you have to retrain your brain too with these products like the dryer balls that you're like okay you know, single-use sheets are $4 or $6, but these dryer balls are mm. going mm. to be $30. Um, that's one of the, mm. the conversations I love having with people. And obviously, the upfront costs can be difficult. So we always try and educate, you know, you don't need a fancy set of reusable single-use <clears throat> ones. Um, but if you can and you have the means and you retrain your brain, you know you can save a lot of money in the long run and also have a lot of environmental
1: I I'm excited because you can scent your dryer balls. You can add essential oils to your dryer <laughs> balls and I want my my laundry to smell like lavender. That's what I want. <laughs>
2: All, All right, so- Stephanie. Kelly, you had a
1: question
3: oh, <laughs> Jackie, you're funny. All right, all right, Joe. <laughs> um, I know I'm sitting here going, okay. I I just need to go in and uh, stock stock up, Stephanie. Uh, if your so, if your store is sold out at the end of the day, you're, you'll know who was there. Um, I I'm I'm fascinated. Okay. I want to go back. I, I'm looking online right now at the, at the dryer ball. So I'm like, okay, this I need to do. But I am fascinated by the the, the laundry soap you were talking about. Um, you said mm-hmm. it kind of comes in like bricks, right, or something, and you break off. Um, and uh, when you said that, like this was I, – I, I don't remember your exact words you said, but, again, this was found in nature years ago. People used, you know, to clean their clothes. I immediately remembered um, an adventure that I had about, let me think here, I have to always think of how old my kids are, which means how old. So about 17 years ago, um, I was um, uh, at a big family reunion in Georgia. My dad is from Georgia and all that family, and my kids were little. Um, They were kindergarten and, you know, uh, preschool age. And the, like, second or third day we were back there. And we're talking deep south, very rural. And um, my dad thought it would be really cool to take um, myself and my boys on a canoe ride through the Okefenokee Swamp. And I don't know if any of you are familiar with the Okefenokee Swamp in Georgia, but it's Mm -hmm. massive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there's alligators everywhere, and there's, you know, it's very, there's mosquitoes bigger than your head, you know, there. And uh, so we are taking, you know, we're going through um, with a guide, um, the Okefenokee Swamp, and of course the guides know where all the, you know, the, the uh, decades-old alligators are. They're all maimed and everything and uh, I'm terrified, you know, one of my kids is going to reach over to try to, you know, to go, where is the alligator? And it's going to snap off, you know, a limb. Yeah. <laughs> um, and at one point, the guide um, r- rows the canoe into, like, this bushy tree. And I'm in the front of the canoe. So I'm like, okay, this isn't really cool. Why is he rowing us into, <laughs> into <laughs> this bushy? And he tells me to grab um, one of the leaves, like grab a branch of some of the leaves. And so I do. And he backs up out of it. And um, of course, I'm watching the alligator that's 50 feet away and everything. And um, he goes, no, just, you know, put your hand into the water. I'm like, I don't want to do that. There's alligators everywhere. He's like, no, just put your hand in and get a little wet and then start rubbing the leaves together. And when I did it, it totally created soap. And he was saying how the indigenous people of the day, that's how they cleanse themselves and their, their, you know, whatever, loincloth, whatever they use, you know, in those days. But I was fascinated. And I remember my kids still remember it. And they were were tiny. Um, But these leaves that looked like normal leaves just, boom, um, foamed up into soap immediately. Um, So when you said that, I was like, oh, my gosh, I know exactly what you're talking about. But, of course, I never thought it was brought to modern day and available for laundry soap. And when you said, I think, uh, $25 for uh, laundry soap for the year, I was like, what? Because my my boys are both back home now because of the pandemic, and my bills have gone through the roof again. So I'm all over that idea. And does it, may I ask, is it just, is it clean as good or better you know, than some of the, you know, mainstream laundry detergents that we're all familiar with because I have boys. So they tend to get a little stinkier.
0: Yeah, <laughs> no, that
3: that's one of the, the
0: coolest parts is that it's actually really, really effective. I've been using it for three years. My fiance works out all the time and plays golf and he's always sweaty and stinky and our clothes come out really clean. Um, if you pair it with the her stain remover bar, it also it looks really similar. It looks like a little bar of soap it has a lemongrass essential oil scent it's really really nice um but that that will brighten your clothes if you've got anything that looks dingy or have a stain um we've had like guests over for dinner who spilled wine on their shirt and we bring the stain bar out it comes right out so it's pretty amazing that like you were saying nature has given us a lot of really really great um ingredients that aren't harmful or you know doing terrible things to the earth that we can use we just need to pair them with technology to make these really cool products. So it's cool to see the innovation there. Um, and, yeah, the stain bar and laundry detergent and dryer balls are some of our most popular products, and I always recommend people try them. And that's one of the other things with the products that we have in sustainability is, like, you sometimes it's you think that it's like an end-all, like, oh, if I try it and I don't like. Like, on paper towels, one of the first things we swapped was, not using single use paper towels. I haven't bought those in three years either. And, you know, it kind of felt daunting at the beginning making that decision. And then I was like, oh, wait, I mean, I can always buy a pack of paper towels if I need them. And that's kind of the the thing with these products is you can try them. Um, The best thing about the bulk bar from just saving on packaging and containers is you can come in and buy two ounces of any dish soap or shampoo or any product like that and test it out. You can't do that at, you know, your your big box grocer. Mm-hmm. Kelly, uh, yeah,
2: Kelly, you yes. yeah, Kelly, you wanna meet you wanna meet me at the Riviera Village Farmers Market this Sunday? And we'll go buy stuff? <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm there. there.
3: <laughs> I, I might actually go to Stephanie's store.
0: Stephanie, do you have somebody uh, working in the store while you're gone or is uh, do I have to wait till yeah. you get back? No, no, we've got a really awesome team at the store. Um I'll be actually at the Riviera Village Farmers Market this Sunday if anybody wants to come say hi. Yeah, um, I, need I'm a,
2: get, I need, Yeah, there's things I need to get. I'll be down there.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, I'm like I'm I'm fascinated. Okay, so um I have two questions. One, since we're on laundry, do you have a an equivalent, a natural equivalent of bleach? Because we do. I know, again with all the
0: whites, I like to I'm a bleach person kind of too. So
3: what yeah. do you have?
0: So we have um it's by Nellie's. um also really, really great little brand. Um, but it's called oxygen brightener and it's kind of like an oxy bleach equivalent, but a lot safer. Mm -hmm. Um, and then also that stain bar, I kind of like to do a, a double action. If I've got like pillowcases that are white, that I really want white, I'll kind of do a little pre-treatment with some hot water and rub the stain bar on it and just kind of Mm -hmm. work the stain bar all over it and then throw it in my laundry with my, um, my laundry detergent and the oxy brightener and my clothes come out really, really nice.
3: Okay, so then my next question is you mentioned uh, paper towels. You haven't used paper towels in years, which, um, and, of course, as you mentioned, you, if somebody really needs it, they can always go get them. Uh, right. That was true, right. except for part of the pandemic, there was no paper towels available. Um, and okay. uh, I just, I have to ask, uh, I'm going left turn here, Jackie and Joe, but <laughs> also during the oh, – really? I know. Okay, so <laughs> do you want to just answer it without me asking? I'm going to okay, 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 no, no. go in the TV yeah. route.
0: Toilet paper, what did we yes. <laughs> So we, we do. We have um, two options. One is bamboo toilet paper, and um, it's also by a small female-owned company. So most of the products that we carry, like we had Dr. Bronner's Castile Soap for a while, and then I found this company called Mama Suds that makes Dr. Bronner's in a little bit cleaner uh, manufacturing process. It's just saponified olive oil but it's a small female owned business that only employs moms, So that's why it's mama says it's really cute. Um, I've heard of that. But anyways, I've heard of anyway, yeah. And we've got plant paper, <coughs> which is also a new, a new company that's bamboo toilet paper and it's really nice and soft. So um, I've tried a bunch of different bamboo toilet papers and I love the one that we have. We also carry a product that everybody laughs at when they come in the store, but it's called un-toilet paper and it's, reusable cloth toilet paper, and I always stop people before they freak out and get disgusted, but it's <laughs> mostly, meant, mostly meant to be used with bidets. So if you have a bidet at your house, it's essentially like using a towel that you can just rewash and use over and over. So, I mean, if you want right. to get really, really creative with it, you can use it just however you like, but we recommend that you use it with a bidet. So we've got those two options.
2: I have well, some enough- interesting facts. I have some interesting facts that we're just going to throw in here since we're on the subject of paper towels and toilet paper and stuff. Do you know that things like paper towels, Kleenexes, or what do you call them? Tissues, facial, whatever it's I call them Kleenex. And I don't know mm-hmm. if any of you remember Dixie cups, but they all came into widespread use after the 1917 pandemic prior to the 1970 pandemic. People didn't use paper towels; they used rags, and and people carried hang, handkerchiefs to blow their nose. They didn't use Kleenex, and people used regular glassware, you know, uh, you know, in the bathroom sink, you know. To and I, when I was growing up, we had a Dixie cup dispenser in the bathroom, and that was all due to the pandemic of nineteen seventy. Once they figured out the way the so germs spread, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, isn't that interesting? And they've yeah. and they've been around yeah.
3: since. I um I'm just reading an article real quick as we were talking about uh bamboo toilet paper and bidets so I remember many people um going out immediately and purchasing bidets at the beginning of the pandemic. Yeah. Um uh-huh. h- here's an article that says bidet sales are up 500%. <laughs> <laughs> In 2020, yes. amidst right. the uh, coronavirus toilet paper shortage and crisis. Um, wow. Um, okay, so we all have to um, visit Stephanie at the Rivier Farmer's Market on Sunday. What are the hours of that farmer's market now? I know things have all changed for everybody. Do you know, uh, Stephanie, what are the hours there?
0: Yeah, they're um, 9 to 2. 9 to 2.
3: Okay. Yeah. Jackie and Joe, um, we all need to go visit.
0: And do you sell the yes, codes paper um, yes. there, too? Yeah, we do. We, If you have oh any gosh. specific products, we have an option where you can order online. We kind of just bring a selection of what we have um, a lot in stock of or our best mm-hmm. sellers or our favorite items. Um, we can't carry everything at the store at the farmer's market, obviously. It's a little bit of a tighter space. So um, we always recommend that if you have any specific items that you're in need of that you just go online and place an order on the store and select a Riviera Village Farmer's Market pickup at checkout, and then we'll have it ready for you. So, okay, you guys,
3: you, we all need to do this, because next Friday's show, um, we are going to have Dana Murray, who is the City of Manhattan Beach's Environmental um, Program Specialist Manager, oh.
2: uh, uh, mm. and she's, mm.
3: she's booked for next Friday, which will be a perfect follow-up to this show, and we yes. can all <laughs> right. um, give a full report um, yes. on our, <laughs> yes, our findings. <laughs> and, uh, our findings, yes.
2: Yes. Okay, yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. okay that's the that's I... plan. That's.
1: I have to say I, I Stephanie, one of the things that I, I like to to think about is entrepreneurship, and uh, I have had many businesses. My latest business, Forever Memoirs, is about videography. It's, it's something that I love doing and that is, is uh, very good and profitable when I have clients. Your business is amazing. It's both helpful for the environment. It follows that trajectory. It has that story of better for the environment. It's also better for the household budget of your client. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine a more, uh, a more helpful, wonderful story than to say, save the environment and save money. What a what yeah. a great message. Wow.
0: Thanks. Yeah. It's it's been a really awesome journey and it feels really really fulfilling and good to be doing something um mission-based where I when I was a kid I wanted I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I didn't know that, but I was selling magic tricks to kids like I would make kids pay to watch me do a magic trick or I was like a mm. selling mm. Pokemon cards. I didn't even like Pokemon, but I knew <laughs> that kids, kids liked Pokemon. And so I always knew that I wanted to own like a coffee shop someday or something. I had these ideas, but nothing ever, you know, the the mission and the passion wasn't there. So it's been really fun kind of having the patience um, and seeing how this is aligned where, I, took, I started it in my garage with just a few products online like that laundry detergent bar and kind of just wanted to you know, test the market and see how it went. And then that went really well. And then I started doing some pop-ups in the South Bay and learned that there was this really amazing community of people who wanted to do better, but just it wasn't convenient. It wasn't affordable. And um, And then the refills with bulk refill stations, you can come in our store and bring your own container and fill up face wash and baking soda and vinegar and dish soap and glass cleaner. And there were people out there who wanted that. And it's just been so fun to see how this one year has taken me from working full-time as a dental hygienist, packing orders in my garage and building the website in the evening to now feeling like I'm really like living my purpose.
2: Right. I love that. I love that. And to the best part is, is that you're doing all, you're doing all the footwork for us, you know, because as you said, most of us don't have time to yeah. go into Whole Foods and read the labels and look at packaging and figure things out. You're doing all, all the work for us, which makes it so easy for us, you know? Yeah. So, so that, yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's, that's a big part of it. That's a big part of it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And it's I appreciate sad that it. a lot of it falls on the consumer because, It really is the manufacturer's responsibility to have a a safe end of life process for their products and to create things that aren't damaging the planet and that are good for people. And we've kind of just gotten in this like kind of messy capital driven world where, you know, you produce things that you think people want and people are so busy with their own lives that they don't really, they're not consciously thinking about what they want. So if you can give them things that are really, really great and more sustainable, Um, you know, like you said, as a, as a daily consumer, you shouldn't have to be spending hours making all of these decisions and trying to source the best thing. Like those good things should be available to you. So yeah, I always kind of, I'm not hard on businesses, but I don't think as much responsibility should fall on the consumer the way that it does currently. What Mm -hmm. was the, what
2: what was the term you just used? The end of life process? I like that. What, What was that?
0: Oh yeah. So at, the Wasteless Shop, you know, we think about how things are sourced and what they're made of to begin with. Um, And the biggest thing, obviously, with single-use plastics is what happens after we're done with them. After you use it for the five seconds, you have a croissant that comes in a little plastic bag, and then you take it out of the plastic bag and throw that away right when you get outside the store. You know, what happens to that bag? So that's the end of life. Um, So we're always thinking about what does happen to the end of life if we have um, a, a product with packaging. So we've developed a system, Um, it's not, we didn't develop the system, but we've integrated a system called closed loop shopping at the wasteless shop where um, our products are either fully biodegradable, they don't have any packaging at all, or if they do have a package, you can refill it. And if it's not refillable directly in our store, um, you can bring that back to us. And we've partnered with the brands that we carry and they, they take the responsibility for their packaging. So there's this woman um, in Santa Cruz, her name's Liz, and her skincare company is called Verdant Wild. It's I'm the most obsessed fangirl with it ever. She makes face cleanser and moisturizer, and all of these really great products. And my they're just so so nice. Um, and we have a few refill options in the store where you can refill your face wash in the store. But for the products that you can't refill in the store, she's committed to. Hey, if you guys accept um, all these returned containers from people in your area and send them to me once a year, then, or you know, maybe twice a year, depending on how how many we're collecting, um, I will clean them out, sterilize them, and reuse those containers. So, uh, we do that with a local candle company called Kin Candle. That's really great too. They use coconut wax, and they're in Manhattan Beach. It's a brother and sister, and I met them at the hometown fair last year and was like, oh, I love your candles, but I hate candles because I always think I'm going to take the time to clean them out and reuse the jars, and I never do. I'm just too lazy. So um, I talked. I was like, wonder if we could, like, make a refillable candle solution. So we met, and we decided that since we're local, it works out really well that when a customer is done burning their candle, they can bring that empty jar and lit back to us. We give them a dollar um, refund, and every time – Um, Andrew or B drop off new candles for us to sell they pick up all the empty ones and clean them out and refill them so just kind of thinking about the circular economy instead of linear just reusing things and how um, how we can repurpose things instead of just throwing them away when we're done.
2: This is fantastic. This is fantastic. By the way, I yeah. clean out every candle holder, and I find a million uses for it. <laughs> what you got to do, you have to put them in the freezer. You put them in the freezer for a few days, and then the, you, the wax just chips out. But anyway, this has been fascinating, but we got to go. We're already running over,
1: over time, Gil. We've got to go. Well, gotta go. Oh, so fun. There, there are multiple businesses, multiple books. A circular economy that should be a book stephanie uh it, it, and, might be. Uh, <laughs> slow, it should be and then the, the save money save the environment save money I'll save the writing. environment you're a writer
0: no i said i'll start writing right now then <laughs> okay
1: yes absolutely <laughs> Uh, Thank you so much Thank you for joining us today Stephanie Cochran uh, The Wasteless Shop In Manhattan Beach uh, Kelly, Jackie This is a winner
2: Yeah, yeah. no, I was excited for this show
1: Uh, Thank you so much For joining us Kelly, Jackie, thank you Um, What a great show (laughs) What a great show Always a pleasure thank Thank you everybody All right Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Uh, We'll see you soon. Have a fantastic weekend. Bye-bye now.
3: Bye.